to Tech Junior. Hey guys, it's Eddie. Got another great show for you today. Today we are talking to Hiroko Nishimura. We're talking about AWS and getting to cloud for non-developers and developers. Um, we also go over certification and courses and things like that. If you'd like to support the show, please visit us at techjunior.dev. You can sign up for a newsletter and you can get to all of our social media links. All right, now let's get into it. Welcome to Tech Junior. My name is Lee Work Junior. I'm a full stack JavaScript developer. Have with me as always, Eddie. Hey, it's Eddie. I'm a front end developer. And we have a special guest with us today. We've got, uh, let's see, Hiroko Nishimura. Welcome, Hiroko. Thanks. So if you get to introduce yourself for everybody out there. Yeah, so my name is Hiroko. I go by Hiro, but um, I am a technical writer and an educational consultant. And in my past life, I was a special education teacher. And then I spent five years working in tech in New York City and IT. And a year ago, I quit my corporate job to focus full time on more the documentation side and the instructor side. So I teach introduction to AWS for non-engineer courses at LinkedIn Learning and also write to kind of deconstruct technical jargon for people who don't have the, um, what you would consider traditional technical backgrounds. That's cool. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, so why, why AWS? Like, how did you get into what, what pushed you more towards tech and like technical writing? So I got into tech because I speak Japanese and I had no intention of working in tech. I'm a special education teacher, but um, once I graduated college with my degrees, I decided I wanted to do something more that's not straight on teaching. And I spent half a year looking for a job and I couldn't find a job. And by the time I was like, okay, I need to really do something about this job situation. A recruiting agency asked if I'd be interested in working as a help desk engineer for a Japanese company in Manhattan. And they said, basically, so we need a bilingual help desk engineer, someone who can do the tech support because the employees are Japanese and American. And the Japanese employees need Japanese support. The American employees need English support. And we can teach technical skills. So if you're willing to learn, we can teach that, but we can't teach language skills and we need the language. So they were like, if you're willing to try it out, we're, we're willing to teach you. And by that point, I was like, um, this was literally not in any of my life goals or like <laughs> any trails that I had ever thought about with my life going this way. So I was like, I mean, you do realize I have no experience, right? I have no idea what any of this means. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. That's fine. We just need your language skills. <laughs> so I figured, you know, they had that three month introductory period or whatever, where they can fire you on any day for any reason. And it's fine. Um, so I figured if it doesn't work out and I have absolutely no idea what's going on, I will just, you know, quit after three months and go find another job. But turns out, you know, I did okay. And so that started my career in tech. And that was 
six years ago. No, three. Yeah, almost six years ago. And I didn't think that I would be having a career in tech. But after that help desk job, I switched jobs and became a IT support analyst. And then I started working at a startup in Hudson Valley, uh, not Hudson Valley. I started working in a startup in Hudson Yards. And there I did started touching cloud. Before that, most of the things that I was working with were legacy and on-premises, like, you know, there's a physical server there. But in the startup, they were really keen on bringing in everything, but utilizing, you know, Okta, you know, it's kind of like, they're like, oh, if it's online, we'll use it. So we're using G Suite, Okta, Slack, you know, anything that we can get our hands on that's not really on-premises. And when I was first working with them, I had no idea that these were called, you know, cloud, like these were cloud computing products, like SaaS products. I was just like, oh, it's kind of like Facebook and Twitter. You know, these are very intuitive. I can administer these because it's kind of like running my own WordPress blog. You know, it's they're made so that you can kind of understand how to administer these things. So after a couple of years, I was looking for a way to take my career from more help desk to something else because I wasn't really intending on staying and doing support all the time for the next couple of years. And that's when my manager was like, well, you can get a certification. And I was getting different certifications. But one day I, my friend was like, oh, I just got this certification and it's done great things for me. I have a new job, great salary. You know, this is great. And I was like, oh, which certification is that? And he was like, it's the AWS Solutions Architect Associate Certification. And I'm like, well, that sounds great, you know, but what's AWS? And he's like, well, <laughs> I didn't really know either, but I just got this certification and now I have this job. And I'm like, you know, that sounds amazing. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so then I went and Googled what AWS is. And I'm like, oh, I think I've heard of this thing. Like, you know, some people have talked about it sometimes, I think. And um, the more I looked into it, the more it was clearly like a hashtag big deal. And <laughs> my, my company was thinking of starting to kind of transition the what did remain on-premises onto the AWS. So like AWS was being thrown around in the company in IT. And so my manager was like, yeah, that'll be a great place to start, you know, just get the certification and we can start from there and see where it goes. And so I wanted to get the Solutions Architect Associates certification, but my manager also in the same meeting was like, well, you know, you should start with this brand new certification called the AWS Cloud Practitioner certification because we don't want to set you up for failure. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Set me up for failure. Like you're like <laughs> totally convinced I'm gonna fail. But he's like, no, no, just get the cookie points. You know, you just get the brownie points for passing the certification exam. You'll you'll be fine because this is beginner stuff. And then you can try the solutions architect once you get some more confidence. And so that's exactly what I did. And I started studying for the certified cloud practitioner exam. But the more I got into, the more I realized there's really nothing 
created for the audience of the certification exam. So when I took the certification exam, it was really new. And before that, the lowest quote unquote level certification was the associate level certifications. And those are generally meant for engineers and people with technical backgrounds. And they do also kind of assume that you kind of at least know the language and how I guess IT infrastructure is built. And coming from help desk with very little access to kind of the infrastructure part and also very little understanding of the technical jargon that comes with infrastructure. I was like, what the heck is this? Like you are speaking a completely <laughs> new language and I don't understand every other word that you write on this website. And when I took courses, online courses, and I was reading documentation and stuff, trying to figure out what the heck an EC2 is, what the heck the difference between the, all the cloud, cloud formation, cloud front, cloud trail, cloud watch, like why does everything have cloud in it? And I'm supposed <laughs> to know what's what and what does what, and they all seem to do something very different from each other. And it seemed like I couldn't find anything where they are just explaining that EC2 is a virtual server in just that many words. For people who don't have like technical backgrounds or speak the technical jargon. And a lot of courses, they do say they're for five years, like people who are five years old. So they explain it like you're five, but that five-year-old is expected to have five years of IT infrastructure background. <laughs> like, sure, this might be the first time you're touching cloud computing, but this is not the first time you are learning about IT infrastructure. And that difference is actually pretty substantial for this cloud practitioner exam because the audience for the cloud practitioner exam are not engineers. They are supposed to be people who may touch the cloud, like salespeople, legal, you know, marketing, people who might touch it, but they don't actually have the technical education that they would assume for people who are taking the solutions architect exam. And coming from a non-technical background myself, I had no idea what was going on. And I couldn't even figure out, you know, what the difference between CloudTrail and CloudWatch was. And I couldn't find a like one sentence explanation of what each thing did on a very, very high level. So as a, I set a, um, I basically booked my certification exam and I had two weeks left. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I have to figure this out because I have absolutely no idea what's going on. So I started taking notes and kind of rewriting the notes that I took in my own words and put it up on a blog, basically. And it became awsnewbies.com. But it was just kind of like a study blog for myself so that I had resources to read that's in my own words because I tend to understand things better when I rewrite things in my own words. And I wrote it all out. I got through the exam material. And I was like, okay, I'll leave it up for another year because I was using AWS free tier and they won't charge me for another year. And I figured if one or two people, you know, thought that it was useful, it'll be worth it. And turns out I had tapped into this huge unmet need because within a couple months, I that blog was getting 10,000 hits a month from Google. Wow where people are searching the exact keywords that I had in the blog. 
And it just kind of baffled me because I thought stuff like this would have been done already, but it obviously wasn't. And a few months later, a a content manager from LinkedIn reached out to me asking if I'd be interested in creating introductory courses for AWS for non-engineers. And I said to her, you do realize I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, right? That's why I made this website. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, actually, that's exactly why I want you to do this because there's a lot of very, very talented instructors at LinkedIn Learning, which used to be lynda.com. Um, right. But they have been in engineering for decades. You know, they've been doing this for years and years. So they are great at teaching like mid to advanced level content, but they have absolutely no idea how the newbie feels, like how someone without a technical background might perceive content. And they're not able to explain the way I explain because I also know exactly what they're thinking. And so she was like, this is the kind of ability where you have, you do have some technical background, so you're able to deconstruct technical jargons and technical concepts into words that the quote unquote lay people can understand easily. But at the same time, you still understand how it feels to be completely overwhelmed and completely confused. So I started creating courses with them. And right now there's four courses up with LinkedIn Learning. And they're the um, introduction to AWS for non-engineers series that takes you basically from what the heck is the cloud to taking the AWS uh, certified cloud practitioner exam. And it's been going pretty well. Um, I think last I checked, there were at least 40,000 students. And I get DMs and LinkedIn um, intros and kind of messages all the time, almost one a day at least, where people are like, oh, I took your course and I passed, or, oh, I took your course and I loved it, you know, can we be connected on LinkedIn? And it's been very overwhelming for me because for once I felt like I found a place where I can learn. Basically, I guess this is called learn in public, but I was learning, I was producing what I learned, and then it became this huge asset for the community and also myself. So um, after a little less than a year, I quit my full-time job to kind of pursue creating content and technical writing more as my main thing instead of my side hustle. And I've been doing that for a year now. Nice. So that's a cool. long-winded way of how I got to <laughs> sitting here right now. Yeah, that was like the whole... <laughs> the whole story yeah Um, but that's good no um yeah so a a lot of stuff to unpack in there but um so first of all you know do you do you feel good about aws do you like it now that you've kind of learned about it and made these courses and stuff because i know it's it's kind of impenetrable like you described whenever you're first you know learning about it yeah when i was first trying to figure out what it was it just seemed like this you know, it's just a cloud, right? It's just this black cloud there and you have absolutely yeah. no idea what's inside, what you do with it. When I talk to people about AWS and they don't know what AWS is, they're like, well, it's like for software developers, right? I'm like, well, it could be for software developers, but there's just so many different tools and services in there. You absolutely do not have to be a software developer. Like anything that 
you use with G Suite, like uh, Google Drive, Google Hangouts, you know, stuff like that. They have that kind of service too. They even have email. And they're like, oh, really? Like, you don't have to be a software developer to use it? And I'm like, no, no. There's so many different services that you'll probably find a use for it too. And once we start to kind of like talk about the tangible things that exist in AWS, a lot of people are more like, okay, okay, this is something that I think I might be interested in looking into. But I think a lot of um, the way people talk about it now doesn't do it justice. People can't, people have no idea what's inside. And it just seems like this very scary, big thing with the Amazon logo on it. So, yeah, yeah it's got I mean, I, like thousands of services, right? Yeah, and I mean, not quite thousands, but clo- close. I mean, they even have a satellite now. You know, you know, you know, something's big <laughs> when it has a satellite. So, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. So, um, why would you say someone should take a look at AWS? Like, obviously, Eddie and I, as developers, we kind of we work in it. You know, we we live that life. Um, have to have to get in and learn about lambdas and EC2 and all that fun stuff. Uh, but maybe you're not a developer or you're just getting into development. Um, why should you take a look at AWS? So what I say is that um, cloud computing, it's been here for a while, but it's still, I feel like it's in an infancy phase. It's developing so quickly and rapidly that even if you aren't a developer, even if you aren't a solutions architect right now, if you started looking into it now, say like 2020, if you start looking into it now, you are kind of in 10, 20, 30 years when cloud computing matures, if it's ever gonna mature into a certain way, it'll be like you were there from the beginning. And in 20 years, 10 years, you're gonna be a veteran. Like even if you started from zero right now, you're going to be 10, 20 years more experienced than the people who come after us. And so it's developing so quickly that everyone's a beginner, I feel like. And that's a good place to start, I think, as a transplant into tech. Because when I was trying to get into Windows um, like server management as a sysadmin, there's just so much legacy things. There's just so much knowledge that people had because they've been working in this for 20 years. And it was very hard for me to kind of get in there and feel comfortable that my skill set is enough to kind of match these people who've been working in this for 20 years because not too much has changed in the past five, 10 years and Windows Server Management, like the the UI looks horrible, you know, but the, <laughs> what with cloud, it's like every few weeks, even there's a new service, there's a new something, something, you know, grandiose happened. Oh, now we have a satellite. So I think now is a great time to start looking into it just for the career potential, but also because you're going to be one of the first people in. And once you're working on it for 10 years, you're a veteran, even if you start at zero. Okay. Cool. Um, I think we've, uh, I keep thinking in the back of my mind, like, should we say what is AWS? But it's, it's kind of hard to, to describe because it does so many things. Um, you know, at, at its core, it's Amazon owns a lot of data centers, which is like a lot of servers in, you know, big buildings, basically all over the world. <laughs> and, you know, they're, 
AWS itself is like services built on top of that. So you're like renting that com- like computing power to do various different things. And there's all kinds of, you know, everything from here's your own virtual machine, like your own little tiny computer, uh, you know, a virtual computer that you can do whatever you want, all the way up to, like you said, you know, email services, you can buy domain names, you can do all kinds of stuff. So um, you think that's that's roughly accurate for a brief description of AWS? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I say cloud computing is basically everything we've been doing with on-premises like servers and the server room in your office, except you just connect to it through the internet. And something that used to be your problem to make sure that internet doesn't falter, that, you know, your server doesn't crash, et cetera, et cetera. Now that's all AWS's problem. And all you have to worry about is making sure you keep it secure and you build on it. So there's so much manpower that you save from kind of throwing it out. It's kind of like eating at a restaurant. You are throwing all the production part of it, the cooking, the meat, the recipe, the, you know, all that stuff that goes on in the kitchen, you're just throwing at them and you just give them money for them to serve you exactly what you want. And then you (laughs) eat it. So that I I think is what cloud computing is like. And, um, I mean, no one's been able to eat at restaurants in a very long time, but, um, (laughs) it's like Uber eats, right. You just order it and it suddenly shows up all made and prepared and you just have to shove money at it. So, um, I think that's pretty good. It's pretty nice. It is a, it is a good trade-off. Um, Mm -hmm. there was a time where, like you said, there, there maybe was a server room and hopefully it was, was that kind of legitimate operation, but also there was a lot of like a single computer like tower underneath the boss's desk kind yeah. of situations as well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a good time to to not be working in that kind of thing because that's a very scary situation. You know, you can imagine uh, people getting calls at three o'clock in the morning. Hey, the site's down and they have to physically drive into an office and like try and troubleshoot a physical machine in a building somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, like, probably 10 if, years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some like weird legacy system, right? Um, but now you got AWS data centers that are like staffed probably or actually automated, I would think. But, you know, they have all that on-call support stuff that they're handling for you so you don't have to deal with any of it. And if you're just doing like a website or something, you know, let's say you're doing like an e-commerce site, you don't want to have to staff, you know, 24 hours a day to have, you know, engineers looking at your servers and stuff. Uh, it it's great for them to be able to log onto a website and see, you know, the performance and the analytics and stuff through, you know, dashboards from AWS and whatnot. So it's a, it's a cool paradigm. Um, so that, yeah. that being said, uh, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, and I think it makes for the perfect storm for um, startups and people who just have an idea to just kind of go with it. Cause previously you have to buy servers they're very expensive you had to kind of do all that setup yourself and that took a lot of commitment a lot of time and a lot of money whereas now you can be like oh let me test this out let me spin up a virtual server for you know 10 cents an hour or something and then you're going to test out a product oh it's good 
all right, let's scale it up. And with a switch of a button, you can just kind of build what you've been thinking about right there within a couple hours. So startups with very little capital can kind of, you know, figure it out as it goes and kind of really put into practice what they were thinking without having to put a lot, put down a lot of money or risking a lot of things to do that. Right. Yeah. So uh, a lot of challenges with physical hardware, uh, you know, you pay, like you said, um, let's say at the high end, you're paying like hundreds of dollars a month for, you know, a, an enterprise site on AWS where to buy your own server, you know, that's like tens of thousands of dollars to get the hardware. Plus, mm -hmm. you know, what happens if your power goes out, you know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, there, there's a lot that goes into that. So, um, it is an incredible value when you think about it. Uh, mm -hmm. So that being said, you know, if you're new to AWS, you know, if you're a developer like Eddie and I, um, maybe I would say like look into Lambda or EC2 or some of like the, the basic development focused services. But I'm curious mm -hmm. um, from your end, like what you would pitch to people to start to look at to get their feet wet with AWS. So I think a lot of services that people do love to start with are like EC2 and S3 where it's doing what I guess you're expecting a server to do or a storage service to do. And I'm coming from someone who has never touched these kind of things. A lot of my students have never even heard of cloud computing before someone told them to go take this class. But for them, it's kind of like, oh, wait, I, I've seen these things before. It's like, oh, I've used Dropbox. I've used Google Drive. You know, it's oh, I've, I've spun up a WordPress website before and I blogged before. It's kind of brings kind of all these things that are just kind of jargons and letters and numbers into focus on things that they can actually tangibly say, oh, wait, it's not as complicated as I thought it is. And for developers, I think stuff like Lambda is great because you can bring in the development, like the coding language that you already are working with and kind of as an extension of that, um, utilize like serverless in the cloud to kind of make what you already know and do faster and cheaper. And I mean, it's nice when you say, oh, I just, you know, built this on serverless, even though it's someone's server, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's just someone else's server. But yeah, I think there's just so many, um, when they say core services, core AWS services, I think it's that's where people should start touching. And I think there's like a list of core services, but I think there's a reason why they're core services. It's because everyone uses them um, because how useful they are in general situations. So that's like the same kind of stuff that you're looking at for the, you know, the courses that you're doing and the, the certificate, um, the tests that you took and all that, like EC2, Lambda, uh, S3, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, Route 53, like the, domain name yeah. service, uh, yeah, yeah. cloud watch, I think. Cloud the... formation. Yeah. Stuff like that. And the security is cloud services. Formation, is cloud formation yeah, it's considered, part of the... It's considered a core service, I think, but it definitely comes up on the certification exam. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That one is uh, kind of nightmarish because it's like the service to spin up other services. Right. And then you have to write it in like YAML or JSON or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the idea is, idea is good. Like the idea is not that difficult. I just say it's like a recipe, right? It's like a cookbook 
and you yes. write out the recipes and then out comes your pizza or your pasta dish. You know, that's <laughs> what cloud formation does. So I'm not going to ask them it. to make anything with it, but now they know what it is. It's your recipe book. So um, interesting. Yeah, that, that's, that's how I teach. <laughs> that's how I teach. I'm, I'm down with it. Uh, yeah. That is so much easier to understand than trying to yeah. dig through the AWS documentation, which mm-hmm. uh, is it's really, like you said, it's written by these people that have been in the industry for a long time, and they're, they're very no-nonsense about it, and they kind of do away with the niceties of like, what is this thing for again? You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it kind of goes straight into the details so you can easily get lost on some of that stuff. And even like myself, and I'm sure Eddie could could say as well, reading about some of these services is like totally goes over our heads. You know, we have to really dig to find out like what's going on and what we should be doing and that sort of thing. Yeah, I definitely many times it's like, wait, this is all it was. And you have to write 10 paragraphs to say something that, what? <laughs> so... <laughs> It's always yes. been um, frustrating for yeah. me, but do you have yeah, any other, that's, uh, yeah, any other favorite, uh, I don't know what, maybe analogies to, to toss out for, uh, AWS services. I really love um, the, uh, the recipe book for <laughs> cloud formation. I'm curious to, to know if you have any other ones. Um, yeah. So one that I came up with for CloudWatch versus CloudTrail, which I think is, pretty hard to wrap your head around because they both seem to do the same thing, which is kind of like, you know, kind of keeping AWS, your infrastructure doing okay. So I said, um, basically CloudWatch dynamically monitors and can react to changes and triggers. So if you need to know how much CPU an EC2 instance is using, you need CloudWatch. And CloudTrail is audit, audit logs. So CloudTrail is audit logs and need to know how someone got into an app that they should have gotten into, CloudTrail is for access logs. And for the certified cloud practitioner exam, you just kind of need to know what does what. So I say CloudTrail tracks, quote unquote, trails of action, because it's an audit log, whereas CloudWatch, quote unquote, watches or monitors AWS. So, Interesting. We're not trying to build anything in it. We're trying to get people to... um, know what what they are and these things it's just like whoosh no idea yes. why there are 10 services with cloud on it but they're all very different so there's there's got to be more than that probably probably <laughs> at least 10 maybe 20 30 yeah um yeah that's that's good that's a good uh description of of cloud watch versus cloud trail um so uh as far as the, the exams themselves, um, I know there's a lot of different levels and um, named certifications. There's like associate, developer, and architect mm-hmm, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, I think, associate was the one that you were doing. Uh, uh, the one that I teach for is the cloud practitioner. Okay. But the one that I was going to take was the solutions architect associate. Okay. Can you... Uh, can you maybe describe, you know, what those levels are or, or what people should look at? Yeah, so the cloud practitioner is for beginners. It's the, um, I guess you could say the lowest level certification. And it's not required to take any of the associate level certifications. But if you're brand new to AWS, or especially if you're brand new to cloud computing, 
um, I highly recommend that you take that first just because it helps you get the vocabulary down. And once you get the vocabulary down, then I think your life gets a lot easier. When I try to get straight into the solutions architect material, because I didn't have the vocabulary, it was just nothing made any sense. But once you know what these acronyms mean and, you know, CloudWatch versus CloudTrail, then you can kind of focus on the actual, like the infrastructure part. Um, I've heard that Solutions Architect Associate is like the best bang for buck certification exam in terms of career potential and what it'll, what kind of jobs it'll allow you to get. Um, so that one comes highly recommended from a lot of sources. So if you're a beginner, I would start with the cloud practitioner and I believe you can get 50% off of your next certification exam. Um, so then you can use that voucher to take the solutions architect associate and yeah, there's the associates and then there's a couple more levels and then there's like the specialties for people who specialize in certain areas. Like I believe there's one for machine learning now. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of them. Um, machine learning is one, uh, I can't think of the other ones off the top of my head, but that, yeah, they get. They're, yeah, there's there's so they're many very nitty gritty, right? yeah. yeah. And there's like Alexa ones too. Now there's like a whole yes. entire yes. Oh, Alexa cool. related stuff. Yeah, like IoT kind of thing. Um, yeah. Cool. I, so, no, go ahead, Eddie. Oh, I was just gonna say the acronym thing is just a problem in tech. It's just like yeah, people yeah. just spout it out all over the place, and then like you just if you're new to something, you just don't know what they're talking about. It happens all the time. Yeah, it's it's 100%. a little yeah. aggravating. I had a horrible experience with a tech interview once where basically um, I think it was like three different interviews in one day where I was just rotating between rooms. And every time what they did was throw out an AWS acronym and ask me what it did. Like every person (laughs) for like three hours. And I was like, is this funny to you? Like, how does this tell you anything about what technical skills I have, what my ability to learn is? Like, why do I need to speak these words, this vocabulary? It's like, basically, if you don't, if I don't speak the language you speak, then I'm not worthy of being on your team is literally what they said. I mean, they didn't say it, but that's obviously what they're saying when they just do this thing three times in a row. And it was kind of like, wow, you know, it's, I don't know what, let's say like IAM does, because I don't know what that acronym is, but perhaps I can just figure out what it does. Like I can do the thing. I just don't know what the name is because all the names are just so complicated, but they weren't really interested in what I can do or what I can figure out. They were just interested in whether or not like an acronym I knew an acronym. And, yeah, basically a trivia test, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, trivia test. And as someone who's like a career transplant into tech, that kind of behavior just really aggravated me because I was like, just because I don't know the words that you speak doesn't mean I don't, I can't do something. But you're literally putting my worth and my skill set based on a trivia quiz. And, 
they ghosted me after that. So obviously that wow. didn't work out very well. But um, <laughs> I was just like, oh boy. But you know, you don't really want to work for places like that. I was going to say Anyways, yeah. I think. So it yeah, was they like, did you a favor. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about a lot of the horrible um, tech interview experiences I've had. It's like, oh, I've dodged a bullet because they say, you know, that they're the nicest when they're interviewing you. So if there are red flags, then Ooh. like it's it's just going to go yeah. downhill from there. So, yeah. 100%. Yep. Cool. So um, as far as the tests go, uh, like how much do they cost on average and like how difficult are they? Uh, yeah, so the... Cloud practitioner exam, I believe, is $100. So it's very reasonable, especially if your company pays for it. And I believe this, um, the associate levels are $200. But like I said before, if you take the cloud practitioner, you can get half off. Um, and the cloud practitioner, I mean, I don't like to say things are difficult or not difficult because everyone comes in from different places. But... I think the cloud practitioner exam is very good if you can kind of, I guess you can go through the courses that I created, but then if you feel comfortable enough with the material that we went through, then it's multiple choice. So I believe all the certifications are multiple choice. So they're not going to ask you to build anything. I've taken certification exams, like I think the Google, the G Suite certification exams, like they actually wanted you to do things in a sandbox environment. There's nothing like that. So it's kind of more like how well can you read the question and answer it in the four options that they give you. Nice. So um, if you're good at those things, you'll be very good at these certification exams. If you are more like, oh, let me just show you what I can do, then you might <laughs> um, have a little more difficulty with these certification exams. But if you have experience in the cloud and you got the vocab down, I think both the cloud practitioner and the solutions, the architect associate, they should be something you can study a little while for and sit in for. Okay, cool. Yeah. I had a, a teacher that used to call multiple choice tests, uh, multiple guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let that be your guide. Um, <laughs> it's like the SATs. Yeah. You just gotta okay. know, you just gotta know. <laughs> I feel like I've answered too many B's and now I need to go for C on this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know we touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but uh, just to wrap up, like how useful or maybe how impactful can these certifications be uh, in your career? I I'm imagining that you talked to a lot of your students and uh, kind of gotten some feedback on the course and passing the tests and whatnot. Um, so how do you feel about like what these certificates can do for a professional? So for people, um, uh, for the people that I do get a lot of feedback from are say someone who's in sales and they take the cloud practitioner certification exam, they pass it, then now they can work for startups with who are selling like SaaS products. It's kind of, it opens the gates from like, what you are already doing and then adds like the tech or the startup component to whatever you were doing before. So maybe if you're a lawyer, now you take the certification exam, you kind of quote unquote speak the language and now you can work as legal counsel for a startup or a tech firm. And it just, I 
I consider it kind of like it opens the doors to you to kind of walk into the tech sphere. Even if you're not going to become a solutions architect or an engineer, it kind of allows you to get into the tech field. And from there, maybe you're doing sales for a SaaS company like Salesforce or something, and then you're going to move over to maybe IT or, you know, somewhere else, but you don't have to. But in any way that you take it, they are able to kind of be able to understand and be in the community and speak the same language as the people around them. So that's kind of like the positive impact that a lot of people have been talking to me about after they take the certification exam and being able to talk to engineers or talk to their IT department or when they are asking for funds, if you're working in finance, they're like, well, I actually, you know, understand the acronyms that they're throwing at me, trying to confuse me so that I would just say yes <laughs> to whatever they want, you know, so it just kind of opens doors into the tech industry in general, even if you're not working like strictly as an engineer. Cool. Uh, I'll weigh in on the, the engineering side of it and say, um, <laughs> I know a lot of my peers are going after these types of tests and certificates, maybe not the like cloud practitioner level, but more like the developer associate kind of level or above. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of like a, can be like a gold star and a resume kind of thing. Or yeah. uh, like if you're at a contract or consulting company, like, Hey, we've got a guy that's certified in, you know, X or a girl that's a solutions architect or whatever. And it kind of like, can maybe bring you up to the next level or like, yeah, I, I feel really confident that this person can hold their own in, you know, a cloud environment. So, um, and like you mentioned before, you know, a lot of companies will offer you some kind of education budget and help pay for these exams and, and learning courses and whatnot. So I think it's worth the time. Like I'm, I'm signed up for one. The pandemic has kind of <laughs> ruined my, my after hours, like, uh, Work-life balance. Yeah, work-life balance and, like, work <laughs> ethic. You know, I'm kind of, like, slumming it lately, but um, <laughs> definitely want to get back into it for sure. Um, and I, I, I do think that it's a worthwhile venture, you know, from the engineering standpoint, even though a lot of hiring managers and whatnot are going to want to see that you've built something with AWS and not just gotten the certification. So I think you need to do both. Um, and I know, like, the developer... Uh, courses and stuff like some of the prep courses for the uh, the engineering side or the more engineering heavy certifications will like take you through projects and stuff where you can build like you know Alexa commands or you know spin up a tiny server or endpoint or something like that so there's a lot of opportunity for that out there um, Eddie what about you as far as like where you're at do you, do you see a lot of folks going after these types of certs um I mean, some interviews, I see people that have like a, some certifications and whatnot, but um, just myself, like I don't have a ton of experience with it. I w I'm just as far as just like talking to DevOps people and like, you know, hearing the, some of the stories and whatnot. I've had, I think I, I put something up somewhere. Um. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of experience with it. I would probably take your course because that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cause if you I want can... like refrigerator, you know, yeah. want something compared to a refrigerator or something, like I'm your person. <laughs> <laughs> I am so down for that and wish more development 
tutorials and courses were like breaking it down to that level. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. that's <laughs> super helpful too. And puppies, uh, a lot of puppy pictures. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> so Star Wars jokes awesome. are always Greenfield, you know. Yeah. Uh, Yoda quotes, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh, that's all I've got for questions. I don't know about you, Eddie. Um, no, I was curious. Uh, do you have any other courses outside of AWS? Or um, are you working on any? Right now, I'm not because I've just kind of been completely overwhelmed with this. Oh, really? It's kind of taken over my life for the past two years now, which is very strange because before that two years, I didn't even know what AWS was. And then suddenly it's like my life. Um, so I've been coming, going, thinking about things. So I'm just like, it's just so much work that I was like, I don't know if I can do this again. So <laughs> I'm resting right now, but at least I got the four out, which took about a year. And um, I just actually redid all four courses to update the content and kind of include more test prep materials and put more puppies in. Um, <laughs> yes, it's excellent. So um, I think now it's completely different course than it was last year. So um, I've had pretty good feedback from it. So I'm hoping more people would yeah kind of be able to get into cloud computing through it. How can uh, how can the fine folks out there find these courses? Yeah, so they can find it on introtoaws.com. And they can also find kind of more like the text-based resources at awsnewbies.com. And another thing that was important to me when I was building these things up is a community kind of that can help answer your questions, especially if you're a beginner. That's like welcoming and answers your questions and where you can learn with other people and you can study for certifications with other people. So I set up a um, Discord channel at cloudnewbies.com early this year. And I think we have about 600 or 700 members, but the amount of support people provide each other and the amount of time people put into answering people's questions is just amazing. And if you want to start studying for a certification or want to start learning about cloud computing, it's cloud agnostics. You can talk about Azure, you know, whatever you want to learn about. But and you're going to you're bound to come to a place where you just want a quick answer. Um, Cloudnewbies.com would be a great place to like ask that question because sometimes it's like that little thing that confuses you that kind of blocks you from getting to the next place. And we want to kind of like remove that block if possible. That's cool. What about what about the uh, the LinkedIn learning courses? How can we find oh. those? Oh yeah, those are also um, they're linked through intro to aws.com. I've linked all of them, and there's also a learning path that I linked on there that would start you from the first all the way to hey now you're hopefully prepared to take the certification exam. So, so what are the what are the four courses? Yeah, so it's um they they all start with the words introduction to AWS for non-engineers, but mm -hmm. I think it's like cloud concepts, security, billing and pricing, and technology. Okay. But it's the four domains of the cloud practitioner exam. Ah, uh, okay, cool. cool. Yeah. So are you, are you like pretty much set up to take that exam by the end of the the four courses, or are you like split between solutions architect and cloud practitioner? This is all for cloud practitioner. Um, 
it's it's like introducing cloud computing to someone with absolutely no technical background, plus kind of um, teaching you enough details to pass the solution uh, cloud to pass the cloud practitioner exam with like, what are these core services? What are these security concepts? What are the cloud concepts? You know, it's like five pillars of a well-architected framework. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> how does billing on AWS works? Oh, no one knows how that works. But um, yeah, stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, cool. And then uh, I guess, where can we follow you online? Do you have like a Twitter or? Yeah, so I am pretty active on Twitter. Um, almost everywhere you can find me at Hiroko Nishimura, uh, which is my full name. It says H-I-R-O-K-O-N-I-S-H-I-M-U-R-A. Uh, so there's like YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so awesome. Uh, at the end of every show, we'll, we'll put all these links on the show notes as well. Um, Great. At the end of every show, we do a little segment called Nerd Minute where we talk about, you know, nerd stuff, comic books, movies, games, whatever you're into. So, uh, Hero, you're the guest. Um, is there anything that you've been into lately aside from AWS? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So when this whole quarantine thing happened, um, I got my husband to buy me a Switch. Nice. And Ooh. Animal Crossing. But the game that i've been wanting to play for like a year now was tetris 99. Oh, and so now okay. my thing is um playing tetris 99 animal crossing style so there is like a whole skin on tetris 99 oh, okay. for animal crossing and it just plays this very calming background music which my husband is like this does not fit at all to the, the tetris <laughs> like because the tetris music just like tries to rile you up Whereas this yeah. is like this very calm Animal Crossing music. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's just very chill, right? They want to chill you out. And all the sound effects are sound effects that come in the Animal Crossing game. So huh. I've finally gotten um, my card, capture card. So I'm starting to stream on Twitch. And everyone comes oh, and watches cool. and they go, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, we're playing Animal Crossing, except I'm trying to kill 99 other people or whatever. So that's fun. Have you have you won yet? No, I've gotten to I think second, but I haven't. Oh, that's first good. Yet. Yeah, that's really good though. Wow, I'm not that good at Tetris. Yeah, um, neither am I. Yeah, horrible. But... I can hum the music. I... That's better. <laughs> yeah, I'm using it as like um, like uh, my anti-anxiety therapy. Because in the beginning, I just get so overwhelmed so quickly when something got faster or people started attacking me that I would like just block, like shut down and I couldn't do anything. But playing Tetris, it's like allowing me to not completely get overwhelmed the minute something happens and kind of be like, no, no, wait, there's, I can think through this. I can work through this. Like if I just breathe and do this, I'm not going to like die immediately. So <laughs> It's actually like it's funny and it seems like completely like an excuse to play video games, but I've actually found like almost after just a couple days of playing Tetris ninety nine, my ability to kind of not like go from zero to two hundred fifty and shut down like <laughs> diminish really quickly. And um That's cool. Yeah, so if uh if you are a kid and you need an excuse to play Tetris that you need to tell your parents, you can be like this helps my anxiety. <laughs> I'm down with it. 
<laughs> what's uh, I'm ordering a switch right now. Um, <laughs> Eddie, uh, what are you into lately? Um, I saw the Watchmen on HBO. So oh, I yeah, just finished good. it. Yeah, it was really really good. Um, wasn't really ex- didn't know what I was expecting because I stood away from all trailers and things like that. Um, I did watch the movie. I read a little bit of the comic. I never finished it. Um, oh, yeah, I know. I need to read. I need to go back and finish it. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Uh, it ended strong. Um, I hear that there won't be a second season, so that kind of sucks. Oh, that uh, is a bummer. Yeah, um, but it's really good. And like right off, I'm not going to get into it much, but right off of that, I started Doom Patrol. Uh, <laughs> Which is also really, really good. But uh, I'm like three episodes in on that. Doom Patrol uh, is very crass, I would say. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of a lot of fart jokes and stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the uh, what's his name? The robot dude is uh, really Brendan interesting. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that is an interesting character. Um, yeah. So I watched... Uh, Parasite, uh, the Maxim on Netflix. Oh. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with Hero? Wait, that's the anime. Yeah, it's the anime. It, oh. it was the one with the Y, Parasite yes. with a Y. Yeah, yeah I watched the that. guy's hand is a yeah. Is a yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, Maybe. that escalated quickly. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so I, I read the comic uh, way back when. I want to say there was another anime for it, but I'm yeah, not sure. yeah. That's like the remake. My mom yeah. recommended it to me. Which yeah. I actually sure. is, watched is that while I was having lunch today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Pretty that's good. how I feel about like Psychopath. Have you guys watched Psychopath? Only the first season, which I, so I did So that enjoy. one's like you shouldn't watch when you're eating. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> completely <laughs> per- unnecessary. Well. Everything that happens is completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Parasite kind of starts out very like body horror uh, a lot of like grotesque kind of stuff, especially the manga is like really over the top in the first chapter. Um, but then it kind of tones down and, and it's not as graphic. I want to say like, it still is very much a, a violent kind of thing at spots, but mm-hmm. it, it, it slowly morphs into this uh, meditation of like what it means to be human. And like, if you're X percent, you know, parasite and Y percent human, like, are you still human? Uh, so it, it goes to some interesting places uh, between the relationship with the main character and this parasite that's taken over his right arm. Um, so it, it kind of starts out as a very crass, like, oh, this is a shock value kind of thing, but then starts to get a little bit more philosophical as it goes on. So I, I think it's it's really enjoyable. It's not your typical shonen anime or, or horror anime or whatever. Um, it kind of has a weak ending. I mean such oh, as the really? way of, of anime, but, yeah. <laughs> and the, I think the manga was the same type of ending. So, um, it is what it is, but, uh, yeah, check that one out. If you're at all into that, it's kind of like Junji Ito light kind of, <laughs> kind of anime, not, not quite as mind bending as some of that horror stuff, but it's still, still pretty good. I cool. just watched a movie, anime movie, and I, for the life of me, can't remember the name, but it's kind of like that. Um, it came out in 2019, I think, and it's kind of like the colors and stuff. It's more like 
techno pop kind of coloring that they use, but it's like robots and kill a kill kind of coloring and character design. And some people become, I guess, pyromaniacs, a population becomes pyromaniacs and they're like, oh, but we're humans too. But then they're like, you know, getting killed and stuff. Um, I am a humans. Deeply like, curious oh. what this is called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to find it out. It was like really, it was very artistically done. But I think the reason why they made it look like the colors they use are like, you know, magenta and yellow and like really strange colors. But I think it's because if they made it look realistic, it would have been rated R. Like it's just the uh. concepts are just so gory. But because it's done in like bubbles and like flashes, like you, you know what's happening, so you're like, oh, but because they're not actually showing it, it's like PG thirteen. Okay. So, but yeah. Is it a Promare? Yes, yes, Promare. I think it's called Promare. Promare. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I don't know how you got that from my very vague Google Foo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promare. So it's um, the oh yeah, it has the katakana there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I think the directors and stuff are people who made that Grim Ragen and Kill a Kill. Yep, yep. So it's like this very like poppy. Kill a Kill's really cool illustration, and um, apparently the characters look exactly like the characters from those anime. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, it's Sweet. very like, it's a like timely, I think, in how. A subset of people just like they're like oh you're bad and they're like no we're not and it's like a whole fight but yeah i dig it i'm gonna watch that yeah, yeah. kill a cool kill yeah, a kill I mean, has a really cool animation style i i really like that the way it looks yeah i dig uh, the soundtrack yeah, motion for, and stuff what's that the soundtrack also for kill a kill is a big favorite oh really yeah i also saw <laughs> uh doro hidoro Oh yeah, how was that? It was good. It another week ending because <laughs> uh, it, it it ends in like a hashtag binge. Uh, not a cliffhanger, but like the story doesn't really end. Uh, I don't know what. So there's Doro, another season. Doro Hedoro means in Japanese. It sounds like an onomatopoeia thing, but it means like mud and like gross things. Interesting. That's. Fitting for the anime. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. today. It's a guy with a lizard head and trying to figure out like how he got it. He's basically um, <coughs> doesn't remember anything uh, and trying to figure out who put a spell on him and why he has a lizard head. Uh, I mean, I'd yeah. be upset too. Yeah, there are a right, bunch of yeah. like sorcerers and things like that and he kills them uh, trying to find who put the spell on him uh, right. every everyone he finds he like puts their head in their in his mouth and there's a man inside of him and it, it'll tell them if it he's the one or not or that person is the one that put the spell on him whatever and if it and then after he spits the guy out he'll ask what did the guy tell you and the, usually it's like he said i'm not the one and he's like okay and then he kills them or does something else like that's usually or, or it goes from there. Sasuke anime, right? Yeah. Everyone has like really weird powers. There's one guy that just turns people into mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all he eats is mushrooms. 
They have awesome. cool masks though. Um, but yeah, it's a weird anime. It was good though. I liked it. <laughs> I may have to watch that too now, just yeah. out of curiosity. It's on Netflix. It's good. It's out there. Yeah. I got plenty of time, right? Yeah, no, true. Not going anywhere. Three million percent. Stuck <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. at home. <laughs> Hashtag home life. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, <laughs> Hero, that's. I think that's all the time we've got for today. Uh, thank you so so much for, yeah, for coming you. on. This was a it was a blast having you. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Cool. So we'll throw up all the the links on the show notes for this one. Uh, intro to AWS.com, AWSnewbies.com, CloudNewbies.com. Check all those out. Check out the LinkedIn learning courses with uh, with Hero. They sound fantastic. Get your fill of puppy picks and <laughs> uh, refrigerator analogies uh, and learn some AWS. Cool. All right. Thanks again, Hero. Thanks again for listening. Um, if you'd like to support the show, you can go to techjunior.dev. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter and support the show through Patreon. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Tech Junior Podcast. Lee is at Lee Warwick Jr. And I am at Ed Otero, the O's or Zeros. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.